I'm Becky Quick of CNBC and your host of The Forum. I'll be guiding you through exclusive conversations around some of the world's global leaders, conversations previously held behind club doors. But today, we invite you in. The Economic Club of New York serves as the premier forum for nonpartisan discussion, dedicated to connecting the world's brightest minds with preeminent public and private sector leaders. A nonprofit 501c3, the club is a 115-year-old platform for the conversations that help shape the future of our world. The Economic Club of New York, brightest minds, critical conversations, catalyst for innovation. In this episode, we hear from Tashonda Brown-Duckett, president and CEO of TIAA. We'll get her thoughts on leadership, culture, navigating change, and paving the way forward for a more equitable and stable future. Tashonda kicked off her recent address to the Economic Club with some insight into her leadership playbook. My playbook is consistent. When you think about uh, being in financial services for over 20 plus years, I'm very clear on what needs to happen. You have to listen. You have to connect with your team. You have to set a vision, win hearts and minds, um, and make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the best talent as you think about your go forward strategy. But what I will say is becoming a CEO with the new company at TIAA during the pandemic, the tactics to the playbook had to change. One of the core pillars of her leadership strategy is empathy, which may be more important now than ever. She shared the ways that empathy and agility go hand in hand. As she sees it, only through truly winning hearts and minds through empathy and humility can a leader effectively navigate through disruption. The one thing I would highlight is that when you think about all of the strengths that any leader has, um, and clearly when I think about my energy, my passion, uh, focus, execution, et cetera, um, empathy is something that I would say I really amplify. You have to have empathy and say, what is really on the mind of the people, the adage, I see you. And making sure that as I'm asking people to set a new day at TIA, as I'm asking people to never lose sight of what we do and why we do it and why it's important. We as a leadership team and me, myself, as a new CEO, had to make sure that I won the hearts and minds and I'm listening and making sure that I understand that we are all on uncharted territory and that as your leader, I can promise you that I will listen. I will promise you that we leadership team will operate with agility, will provide clarity, and will provide the permission to pivot when needed. And clearly we all had to do that when we were, we are navigating and still navigating this pandemic. Change is constant. And um, what we do every day has to stay in motion. What's in motion has to stay in motion. And quite frankly, our participants uh, deserve us to stay in motion. Um, and so yes, change is hard. Change challenges you. It makes you uncomfortable. But it's necessary all the same because with change comes progress. Um, with change allows you to hone your skill sets. Um, it allows you to take that next mountain. And so I say to people, um, change is here and it's not going anywhere. And in fact, when you just look at the impact of technology, that velocity of change is going to continue to, to compound, quite frankly. Um, the need to just and be agile and to be intellectually curious, which means you have to be open to change. It's going to be some of the strengths that all leaders are, are looking for. Um, but I also think it's okay, you know, you know, even the greatest players need time out. And so as we're thinking about how you navigate change, 
understanding the conversation around mental health, understanding that, you know, people are navigating um, just unprecedented waters mentally, emotionally, et cetera, that I cannot tell you that we will pause on the change because that won't happen. But I can tell you that maybe you need a day or maybe you need three days or maybe you need to let go, let Jane, who's super talented, have the ball. You know, I think that is the conversation to lower anxiety, increase the confidence and give leaders permission to say, have you optimized all of your talent? Because there's someone on the sidelines saying, put me in coach because, you know, you need that help. And I think some of us as leaders also have to get comfortable. The fact that as you navigate, navigate change, part of your superpower is giving your power away. And I think that will also help when we're thinking about how do I deal with an ever-changing environment. What a thought-provoking statement, especially considering she shared it in an address to some of the world's most powerful leaders. She says, part of your superpower is giving your power away. One of the most powerful things you can do as a leader is to inspire a culture of trust and empower your talent. She asks, have you optimized all of your talent? She then talks a bit about culture and predicts the human capital transformation is next to be disrupted. Culture. You know, we both come from an organization where um, what we do every day really matters. And what's clear for all of the people that work at TIA is our mission. And so when you think about the importance of culture, um, I think what has helped us is that we understand why we are here. We understand the seriousness of what we do every day. And I'm so fortunate uh, that I did not have to remind people. This is, to me, such an exciting time um, to lead uh, because not only are we leading through transformation when you think about technology, when you think about disruption everywhere, um, when you think about the problems that we have in front of us with uh, the impact on energy, you have the rise in inflation. We know we're going ha- to see continued um, rate hikes. We know we have a geopolitical. I mean, there's so many problems um, that we can't control, but there's a lot that we can um, as leaders. And I think in addition to the transformation that I talked about with digital and technology and disruption everywhere, in addition to navigating all of the, the broader issues, the human capital transformation is next to be disrupted. And the pandemic has accelerated that. Um, and, and so when you think about it's an exciting time, you're right. It's, you know, question everything, uh, everything. Why do we do this? Why do we do that? Um, but also there are some things that were true yesterday and they'll be true tomorrow and they're true today. So don't, don't lose all of that either because that's, that's also where your culture lies. People are saying compensation, yes, flexibility, yes, but who is this company? What problems are they solving? How do they solve these problems? Do they care about some of the things that I care about? Do they care about economic inequality? What are they doing around the climate? How are they working on mobility? You know, those are important questions that I think more and more people are asking in a real intentional way. And I would also say that within financial services in all sectors, as we continue to make progress around diversity, equity, and inclusion, then people that know what it's like to have navigated their career being only in the room, 
are people who have navigated understanding nuances or bias. Culture matters. A significant aspect of both culture and the human capital transformation that Tashonda predicts is diversity and inclusion. Tashonda is one of just two black female CEOs of Fortune 500 companies today. She shares four solutions for progress towards creating more diversity at the top. We just take a moment and think about it. Every year, Fortune 500, Fortune 500, Fortune 500, Fortune 500. And there's only been three full-time black women Um, I think currently there's not one Latina. We still have work to do. And so what can we do? Here are four things that I would offer up. First, it starts with a mindset shift. And that's even at the boardroom because clearly the board hires the CEO. And so we have to make sure that in boardrooms, in the board of directors, uh, that we're intentional about what is the composition of the board in terms of gender, in terms of ethnic representation, and also in terms of allyship? Um, what does that look like? Because I believe that when you have um, allyship at the board of directors, when you have women and underrepresented groups as part of the leadership, I think you'll have different perspectives when you think about considerations on who is the best person to lead the company. So mindset, and that's also for CEOs. And the reason why mindset is also important is because you fundamentally have to believe that talent is created equally, opportunity is not. If you do not believe that, then you will not see that there is a problem. (laughs) Secondly, if you believe that we have the mindset, then you have to disaggregate the data. We cannot fall in love with the law of averages because that will say on average X percent of our organization is 50% women, 50% men, um, will lose the essence of that middle that's stuck uh, for many women and people of color. You'll lose the perspective of different areas within your company, especially those that have PL roles, those roles that are those power roles. Disaggregate the data. When you disaggregate the data, then you look at the policies and practices. Because once you disaggregate the data, hopefully you'll come up with different plays. And it's policies and practices that will sustain the progress of what we're all trying to do. So we don't make four steps forward and then six steps back, or that we don't need another murder um, that in our pandemic for us to sit in it before we have to acknowledge that we have a problem. It's in the underlining chassis of how you organize and how you operate your business. And then lastly, clearly what gets measured gets done. And when we talk about measurement, I would say an insight, it's not just at the annual end of the year as we think about compensation, which is absolutely important, but it's also measuring when you're doing succession planning. What do the metrics look like in terms of the pipeline? We can forecast, are we going to make progress or not based on the succession of who's in line two or three levels deep? When I disaggregate the data, do I see that in this role, we do not have any women that's on that succession tape? So my point is, when you think about what gets measured, gets done, one of the things that we work hard at, clearly at TIA, and I'm sure all of you, is look at every path along the way, the diversity. Is it one woman or two women or three women on the slate? Um, You know, are we measuring the progression of succession? Do we have a stuck middle? I think you have to look at metrics throughout your process 
And that then can become a consistent rhythm. And I believe that if you have the mindset, if you disaggregate the data, if you challenge your policies and practices and what gets measured gets done, then we as Melody Hobson would say, we'll stop admiring the problem and we'll make real sustainable progress in areas like only having two black women running 500 companies today. Progress begins, she says, with a mindset shift in the boardroom. It's important to note that Tashonda herself is shifting boardroom dynamics. She serves on the boards of companies like Nike, Brex, Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights, Sesame Workshop, the National Medal of Honor Museum, the Dean's Advisory Board for Baylor University's Hankamer School of Business, and the Economic Club of New York. But beyond the boardroom, we have to disaggregate the data, challenge policies, and measure progress. She quickly turns to the point that there is progress to be made far beyond the workplaces of corporate America and representation in the C-suite. Next, she points our attention to the access gap, savings gap, and guaranteed income gap and their impact on retirement realities for many Americans. 83% of African Americans in retirement do not have enough. And so when we think about the state that we're in, there is more that we must do when you look at this 40% stat. And so what's driving that? I think there's three things we have to look at. Um, There's an access gap because we know that one third within the private industry do not have access to an employer sponsored plan. And that matters. So we have to work on policy and engaging to try to get more employers to be able to offer those plans. Secondly, there's a savings gap. You know, I think there's $4 trillion income gap for retirees and 25% of all Americans have no retirement. And so we have to make sure, again, what can we do as leaders, um, as policymakers, as corporate citizens, um, and as individuals to help improve the savings gap? Because clearly Social Security is not enough, and whatever your employer is providing is not necessarily sufficient. So we have to get individuals contributing. And then lastly, I'd say we have a guaranteed income gap. And clearly we know a lot about that um, being um, a leader at TIAA, but we know that with defined benefits all but going away, um, you only have social security as your guarantee. Um, And so what we do uh, when we think about guaranteed income, when we think about in-plan annuities, we think that it's really important because people are living longer. Women are outliving men. We know that you have to have something that can keep up with inflation and you have to be able to have that replacement income that regardless of the market volatility, you can be certain that you have enough to cover your basic needs. And so I think those are three areas that I know we are laser focused on at TIA. And I think it's something that all of us need to shine a brighter light on when we think about um, people starting their next chapter of life um, and not necessarily easily being able to re- go back into the workforce. How do we make sure that they can truly retire with dignity? You've been listening to Tashonda Brown Duckett, President and CEO of TIAA for the Economic Club of New York. That's a nonprofit 501c3 dedicated to connecting the world's brightest minds for critical nonpartisan conversations. Be sure to subscribe now to be alerted to future new episodes. To learn more, you can visit econclubny.org. I'm your host, Becky Quick. Thanks for listening.